another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. I've got a returning uh, guest with us today, Jim, from the Sonar team. Jim, we're very excited to have you yet again joining us all the way out from Phoenix, Arizona. Fun fact, one of the only places in the United States that doesn't do the whole daylight savings things, which, by the way, we will spring forward this Sunday. So, Jim, you're going to go from two hours behind us in a few days. You're going to be three hours behind us over here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, Jim, how you yep. doing today? Uh, great, great. My favorite time zone's ahead of us, Pacific Standard Time. So I cannot wait for uh, that time change. Is that really – why is that your favorite time zone? I, I just like the later end of day. It's just, you know – you guys are wrapping up around five. It's two o'clock here. Time to get some work done. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just like it. Is it. I mean, there's like what, like eight people that are on mountain time, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, In the whole country, like eight number. That's, that's, that's exact, too. That's not a made up number. That's not an exaggeration. There's exactly eight people. And there's going to be four come next week. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, yeah, but no, that's, uh, that's great. So you're, you're excited to kind of just do your own thing. Nothing changes in, in Phoenix, of course. Are you in Phoenix? You're kind of in the surrounding area, right? Or is it all the yeah, same? Yeah, that's, uh, but it's all Phoenix. It's, all, yeah, Phoenix. it's all Phoenix, right? You have Phoenix and then you have the rest of Arizona. Um, good. Well, Jim, I appreciate you jumping on here today. It's Wednesday. We've got some good stuff to talk about today. There's a lot happening. We're going to fly through some different things today, okay? We're talking about oil. We're talking about LTL. We're talking about truckload. We're talking about the rise in contract rates, the decline in tender rejections. We're talking about the increase. Here's a big thing. We're going to talk about how freight, how the war that's going on in Ukraine and Russia is actually going to increase freight volumes here in the United States, and we're going to show you the first, uh, the first data points of that, at least preliminary uh, the pre preliminary, words are hard, let's try it again, uh, the preliminary effects of that. So we'll dive into that. So we got a lot here to talk about, Jim. Um, but first things first, Jim, um, uh, you know, the final mile world, there's a, there's a lot that's going on there, right? You know, if you, when you want your goods, right, you order something off Amazon, off Walmart, wherever you're ordering it from, right? Um, it's a race to see who can get it to you first. Do you, Jim, I think we, I think most of us order things online, but like, to what extent do you order things online today? Like, do you get your groceries online? Like, like, do you order food online? Jim, tell me about your online order. Uh, how extreme are you with things? Well, uh, as extreme as I may or may not be, we have uh, Amazon delivery service here almost every day with uh, the wife's orders, uh, all those good things. And as you know, having a few kids running around the house, grocery delivery is a nice thing to have. Um, so we do do some grocery shopping online when, uh, when you have both kids tied down at home and you can't get to the grocery store. It's just a nice, easy click and get it shown up at your house at the time you choose. So we do a lot of, uh, delivery. Now, is it same day delivery? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the groceries at least is. So that's awesome. And then the Amazon stuff, uh, depends on the order. Depends on the day. Sometimes eight minutes, sometimes eight days. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the last mile world has definitely changed yeah. completely over the last decade or two. Jim, remind us, remind the viewers here about your experience, you know, because I know you've been at Freightways now for a while and you're working on the sonar team. But, you know, you have a lot of a lot of experience in the logistics and the freight world prior to Freightways. Tell us a little bit about that. Give us the 30 second overview. Yeah, I started in the last mile uh, market in terms of being a sandwich delivery driver for the famous franchise Jimmy John's to uh, delivering boxes to your house, being uh, on a UPS truck. 
So uh, definitely have lived the transportation life for half my life and uh, broker life and now Freightways life. Uh, it's a good life. There's always work to be done. Always work to be done. And they're quick too, Jimmy John's, right? Freaky fast is how they, how they say it. So, um, Jim, what are you, what are you, where, where are we going with, with Last Mile, right? Because Amazon unveiled you know, Amazon Prime back in 2005. And they really started, and a big, a big part of that was to push the envelope on how fast we could get goods to the consumer. Since then, consumers' expectations have continued to rise. We've continued to ask for things faster and faster. It's continued to be a race to see how quickly can I get things done. And organizations, the Amazon, the Walmarts, the DoorDashes of the world have continued to deliver on that. And they've continued to offer and try to one-up each other to get a leg advantage from the customer. So here's a question is, where do we go from here? I mean, for these, for these massive behemoths to continue to do this, they have to automate. They have to, right? You, you can only keep things manual for so long before they just break when you're trying to continuously improve these things. So, you know, what's, what's the next stage uh, with, with this final mile in LTL world, right? Where do we go or have we seen peak speed? Is there, are, are we gonna kind of peel back from it a little bit? Have we pushed things too far? You know, what's, what's your take on it? Yeah, so I, it kind of all dates back to UPS inventing the right turn movement, right? All, all UPS turns always turn right on the truck. And then Amazon came over and took over that space and that world and kind of set the bar for everybody else to, you know, level up. So Walmart in Best Buy offered the in-store pickup same day. So now groceries. So now people are, I think the market is going to go to efficiency. So just continue with the visibility and efficiency. Everything's at your, your phone and to be always access to that. And then you're going to see drones delivering products to your house from Amazon and even quicker and more efficient. Um, so I think the next best, the next stage in this delivery phase, final mile is going to be drone delivery is going to become very common in the U.S. over the next five years. Yeah. What do you no, think? I, it's hard to say. I, um, I, I think there's going to be a grips with things, right? So part of pushing the envelope to pushing things that much faster it has environmental effects because you're having to push things much faster through the supply chain, right? You're going through more materials. You're, you're constantly having to staff uh, a lot of people to, you know, whether that's team drivers to get it to, you know, the DC from there, you're having to repackage it. Then you're sending it out on a truck. You're optimizing routes, everything. So I think on one side of the equation, especially from the packaging side, there's an environment, the environmentalist will kind of say, hey, pushing the envelope that quickly may not be the most environmentally friendly. On the other side, consumers are continuing to push and say, hey, we want things faster. So part of me thinks there will, we're in a bit of a tug of war. The, the consumers wanting things faster are winning. And I think it'll be interesting to see where that continues, especially as consumers start to become a little more environmentally conscious. So I don't know where we go from here. I think as things automate, and it's hard to know exactly in which capacity the final mile will automate, Right or in which parts will automate first, but I think that will have a large effect on where it goes from here, and ultimately, which team wins that tug of war competition, um, or where where things push. But I mean, yeah, right now people want things they want things faster, 
right? They want them better. Yeah. And faster, better, cheaper is the name of the game right now. And that is winning on all all accounts. So maybe maybe they'll come. We're, we're seeing a lot of folks automate. You're starting to see even like there's like these robot drivers in, in, in really populated city, cities. You know, it's kind of like a... It's like a little like um, a box on cars, it robots. It actually drives on the sidewalk, and people can come down from their apartments and pick things up. Almost like a, it's uh, almost like a moving uh, PO box, if you will. Um, so there's people experimenting with all different types of it. Um, distribution centers are getting closer to cities, right? Uh, fulfillment centers are getting closer. Maybe we'll have a form of micro fulfillment centers within cities. You know, again, to, to speed up that process even further. Time will tell exactly where it goes. But as of right now, I'm definitely leaning on the side of faster is going to win, at least in the time being. In terms of where it peaks out, I think that's time will tell. But um, eventually, I think the environmentalists will start to tug, tug a little bit harder. Uh, but we'll see exactly where it lands. Um, on the other side uh, here, Jim, there's a lot happening in the global supply chain, right? We've, Russia, Ukraine is a big one, right? We've already seen a lot of changes there in the market um, between, you know, uh, oil prices, right, and how it's affecting gas, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but uh, there's a there's a big piece of I think you know here domestically that we're focusing on as as companies start to as as bids from shippers start to go into effect, we're yeah. starting to see I think tender rejections fall with those higher rates. Um, I want to go ahead and throw up a chart here real quick, um, and it's the correlation between tender rejections and con van contract rates. So it should be up. There it is. Look at this. So, Jim, blue line there is van contract rate per mile. For those watching, I believe it's uh, right about 489 a mile, I believe is what that is. My eyes aren't what they used to be. I'm getting old with kids. Uh, 289, excuse me. Golly. 289. 289 yeah. a mile. Uh, for those watching, that line haul does not include fuel surcharge. Um, so if it looks a little bit low, that would be why. But, I mean, either way, the direction is up and to the right. It's over the last year, as of just a couple days ago. Again, contract rate specifically, no spot data in that. The, um, the green line there are tender rejections. So the rate or the percentage that carriers are rejecting their contracted freight. Um, look at that. Over the last year, that... That line is just plummeting. We went from almost 28%, it's high over the last year, to now we're at 17.5%. So a full 10-point reduction. Um, but contract rates, you've had to pay for it. Jim, you know, I'm curious here, right? You know, if you're a shipper, what do you make of this? Do you just have to say, well, if I'm going to get my freight accepted, I just have to pay it and deal with it? You know, is 17% even enough? Should, should shippers be demanding higher acceptance with how high they're having to pay? I mean, where, where's the median? Where, where's the middle road here? Yeah. So as I think as contracts kind of fall into play here over the next three months mm -hmm. and become uh, live contracts for the year or for the quarter, I think that I think we're going to continue to see a drop in this tender rejection. But we're also going to see an increase on that contracted rate. And the the new norm for a dollar fifty per mile, the new is going to be three dollars per mile, but they have to be able to can be competitive and shippers have to be able to tell their organizations on where they're going to be transportation cost-wise so they can make decisions. So having contracted rates in play and having the acceptance rates be a high level. It's super important for any organization 
to uh, run efficiently. Yeah. Do you think how the question that I think we all want to know is, well, how high is the ceiling on these rates? Yeah. I don't think we know the answer to that. But, I mean, at some point, tender rejections will never go to zero. We know that. But they, they will have to come down further. Eventually, shippers, again, goes back, right? It, it, starts, it starts at the top of the funnel, right? If there's too many disruptions at the top of the funnel, it throws off the final mile, right? So we, there can't be too many disruptions. Shippers are, are paying for it to, to try to smooth out and guarantee some of that capacity. But, you know, it, the question ultimately becomes is, is where's that middle road? Jim, we were to, you were also bringing up something else. We were looking at uh, the other side of this, and, you know, that's just the van side, a market that's heated up. And, and van, I think, is, has been one that's really elevated during the pandemic, and it stayed high for so long. The market is beginning to adjust. Tender rejections are coming down. Rates have adjusted. Flatbed's a little bit different, right? Yeah. We've seen some different things in flatbed. What's, what's your take on what's going on in the flatbed market? Capacity's tight. Yeah. So the flatbed market, um, what we're seeing is an increase in rejections in the flatbed market like none other. Uh, I don't know if we have that graph here. Yeah, but- we'll throw it up. But uh, what's going on possibly is just the economy. And when building happens, when our construction spend continues to increase, you're just going to see rejections in the flatbed market. I really think flatbed rejections is a good indication of our economy. And it it tells you where our economy could be at in a couple of years time because all that building is happening now and you know, those projects are going to be complete in a couple of years. And as you can see in the blue line here, the rejections for the uh, flatbed market were hovering at 10%, and they've jumped up to 42% as of uh, this chart uh, was released. Yeah. So that's just baffling uh, over the last year. Love to the, see the rejections it. Doing that much. Love to see it. But you also hate yeah. to see it. <laughs> Depending on which side of the, the, the equation you're on, you love or hate to see it. My goodness, 42%. That is absolutely outrageous. The highest it's been. I think there that green line hit its peak was uh, towards the end of 2018 is what that is. Or maybe it's beginning of 2018. So, because um, you got different years there uh, on, on, that, on that spectrum. I mean, yeah, incredibly high. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned construction spending, right? Let's throw up the next graph here, okay? This is perfect. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So flatbed, we know, is up to the right. Look at this. Right here, construction spending. Pulled it out of sonar. This is how much is being spent on construction, right? And it's specifically for non-residential uh, construction spending. So you're at $839 um, a billion uh, is, was spent uh, last month. So that's a, that's a lot. That's a pretty penny. That's a pretty yeah. penny. I apologize. Not $839 billion, um, $883 billion. So uh, numbers are hard. Now, it's going up. That's a good trend. So that's we, we hit our peak right there, it looks like, at the kind of the between 2019 and 2020, right at the start, turn of the year. You'll see we came. Spike. Right, that's when it spiked. So before the pandemic. And then it really came down and it stayed pretty low through all, almost all of 2021, only until mid-2021 did it start to pick back up. But now we're starting to, starting to hit some of those new levels again. We're getting our stride again. And 
flatbed was suppressed for so long, they haven't had the opportunity to renegotiate those rates. So they're rejecting everything. It's all going to the spot market, which is what we saw in that last chart. 42% of those loads are going to the spot market. 42%. Yeah, yeah the housing market's crazy right now. Anybody yeah. trying to buy a house is you're paying 20% more than they were going to look at last year for that same house. And, and right here, you're just seeing that construction spend. It, 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 lie, it lies right with that, uh, yeah. right, you know, the you're buying of a house. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, if we were to look at residential construction spending, we don't have it on the screen in front of us. It, it, it looks almost the exact same. It looks almost the exact same yeah. as this. Um, the, the numbers are slightly different, but the direction of the graphs are moving the exact same way. Um, so, yeah, a lot there. Here's, and going along with that, right, let's just keep the trend going. I told you we were going to move quick today. We're moving quick. We got a lot of good stuff. Hey, actually, before we do move quick, Jim, you're over in Phoenix. Last week, we had James Jackson here on with Sonar, uh, Texas guy. You know, Texas forever, yeah. right? You know, uh, Mr. Football, uh, high school football, you know, it's religion down there. You're over in Phoenix, Mr. We Don't Celebrate Daylight Savings. So are, are, is March Madness, are, are you about that at all? Is that, does that, does that kind of wiggle its way in? I, I, I like to watch the games. Uh, I, my team is the DePaul Blue Demons. We, we haven't been in the, uh, the, I don't know, the last time they were in the NCAA tournament. But uh, I, I, I just love the college basketball. Um, everybody plays their heart out, so... Uh, but craziness in the NFL yesterday, I don't know. I know you don't watch American football that much, but uh, Aaron Rodgers going to get $200 million bucks for the next four years and Russell Wilson moving to Denver. Um, just like freight, a lot of movement in the NFL yesterday. A lot of movement. You know, you know, Jim, I, I, I am here in the United States and I have been my entire life, so you don't actually have to call it American football to me, but I, I, I guess I appreciate the gesture. I mean, it's fine. So um, I'm not really sure whether that was a compliment or not, so I'm still trying to figure that one out. You got me on my toes a little bit. I'm scrambling. Russell Wilson. I'm, no, yours. Stop. Enough. Enough. 200 million, four years. Not a bad day, right? That's not a bad day. Um, yeah. Um, so basically, you don't watch March Madness, so you don't really care. Got it. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. But you're, you're an NFL guy, right? Like, that's your bread and butter. Yeah. 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 No, that's fun. That's fun. Who's your team? Uh, the Bears. The ba oh, Chicago Bears. Try, try to be a fan. I try to be a fan. I was going to say, I apologize. I apologize. For you. Yeah. I'm, my heart is with you. It is. Um, but, uh, yeah, not, not, my, not my dollars. So um, take that to me what you want. Anyways, Jim. All right, hey, we got moving on. We got we got to talk about fuel. We got to talk about fuel, Jim. How if you're filling up your car this week? How often do you fill up your car? We work from home. I don't fill up my car that often. Maybe every six to eight weeks. No. Six to yeah. eight weeks, maybe. I, I, I probably am at the pump every two weeks. Every two weeks. I'm like. Yeah, we got two six kids. to eight weeks. So, I have two kids. Yeah, we got one primary car and uh, two kids. All right. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Maybe. Maybe I'm just. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, how much are you paying at the pump right now? Dude, last week, I think I paid the most ever at like 50 bucks to fill up the tank. It was over. I don't know how big a tank so, is. Tell me, tell me price per gallon. I think it was 450 and now I, Four I saw fifty. places at five bucks. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I'm going to have a heart attack. Hold on. I got to take my pulse. But crazy thing about fuel, you think about Coca-Cola.